From the blue-green waters of Claytor Lake to the hiking trails of the NRV, AM HodgePodge is on the air. Here are your hosts, Keith Weldons and Mark Tapp. All right, New River Valley. This is Mark Tapp with Keith Weltons, and you're listening to AM Hodgepodge. Yeah. Hey, great job on the show last week. Did you, did you like it? I did. Turned out okay. I got a lot of, little long in all the segments. Well, I tend to do that. I, I do. Called self awareness. Yeah. 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 Well, here's the thing. I, I there's a little bit of panic that takes over. I know. You know, when you're on your own. Yeah. This is a comfort level. <clears throat> yeah. And you know, Josh does a great job. Are you telling me I'm comfortable? Well, uh, yeah, I know, I know where I fail. You'll pick up. Yeah, that's right. And I and I hope you feel the same way. I do. And oh uh, my gosh, <laughs> we'll talk about this in a minute. I just showed him something. Uh, and so, um, are you saying you're thankful? For I, me? I am thankful for you. Oh, yeah, I am actually. I, you too. I, I, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Thanks for being my friend. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> so yeah, so I try to make up for you know I don't know if I'm going to be able to fill the space. And, yeah, and just I know. keep talking and. No, you did a great job. Yeah, you did a great job. Right. Yeah, and I uh, let you know I said it's really nice to know all the answers of the questions that you ask <laughs> in advance because that's my job yeah. normally. Yeah. Uh, welcome. So when you were listening to the to the ball over beer. I got one. Did, okay. I got the first. You got the first, and one. then I, I was I was like everybody else. I missed all the others. Yeah. So the first, the answer to the first one was uh, what's it called when you get three strikes in a row? It's a turkey. turkey. Yeah. Yeah. Now I think I I suspect because I saw this uh, somewhere else. It's also called a turkey if you get three birdies in a row in golf. That uh, really, I believe yeah, that. I, I believe so. that. Yeah, I believe that. Uh, one thing I was going to say is I kept going. Uh, you're missing the easy one. You're missing the easy one, which is what's it called um, when you uh, are a section eater on a a plate and you go fr- you go from mm-hmm. your right to your left all the way home. What's that? It's called a home run. Is it? It's a home run when you finish your plate? Because you go from like first to second to yeah. third to fourth. Now, or clear the bases. Yeah. or You call it a section eater? Is that what you call it? Oh, it is a section eater. Yeah. You, you accused me of being a section you eater. You are almost. one. <laughs> yeah, most people grow out of that about four. <laughs> I, like to, I like to pick the food that is going to taste the best and make it the last. Thing yeah, I know. yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. There, you, you're not alone in that. I think the majority of Americans actually are section eaters. <laughs> well, good morning, everybody. This is Keith Weltons, and that is Mark Tapp. This is AM Hodgepodge. This is our first show since Thanksgiving. So once again, we are thankful for each other and for all of you listening. If you've missed a show in the past, including the one in which we were just discussing. You can just go to amhodgepodge.com. You can go to Facebook and look up AM Hodgepodge, and there's a link there. And you can also do Spotify, iTunes, whatever. The Internet's pretty easy to find it. If you can't, yeah. the hardest part is for people to determine how to spell Hodgepodge, and if you get it wrong, Google will say, did you mean... 
so you're pretty good. In our first segment, we usually talk about beer, and we throw in a little bit of sports, and we'll do that today. And our second and third uh, segments, uh, we typically have a guest, and we do have a guest here today. And um, we've invited this guest, and he can jump in whenever he wants to. Our first segment, though, Mark, when we talk about beer here, I uh, wanted to bring this beer up. I, so I opened this up. It's from a tradition brewing company. First of all, I'd never heard of them before, uh, but they're certainly large enough to be able to can. Um, this can right here is certainly a can that has been done by a uh, like on-site uh, traveling uh, canner. And you say that because it's got sort of a the sticker, it's a sticker, uh, yeah. as opposed to a sleeve. Yeah, exactly right. And so when you take a look at the. Uh, uh, can it says right on it thank you for being a friend yeah right so uh that just kind of uh you know it's funny how it feeds into types of conversation but the other reason that i wanted to bring it up is because i asked you i said we opened it off the air and i said if you had one guess as to what it is and i've poured this into nondescript cups so these are um perfect drinking cups they're uh paper wax lined coffee cups and so you can only see the, the top, and when I poured it, uh, a lot of, lot of lot foam. foam. Yeah. yeah, so you couldn't really see it, and I just said, "What looked like um, meringue?" It did actually. <laughs> it's funny. So I said, "What do you? What is it? What's one guess?" And you said, "A Belgian." Yeah, and it's dead. On, I mean, it's exactly what it is. So they're identifying this as their um, uh, Belgian golden strong ale. This is nearly nine percent. Yeah, and now I can smell the alcohol. Uh, yeah, we're drinking this out of very small you know, cups. Those little cups that you get at the dentist's office, mm. <laughs> and uh, I might have had three sips, and I can already feel it. Yeah, it's flush. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 got some heat in, into it. I said if it wasn't a, a Belgian on a guess, you know, maybe you would guess something else and you said I, I don't even know what i would guess it's yeah. so right in there and i said well I, I agree but if there was a second guess i would say maybe a saison simply based off of there's very similar yeast characteristics yeah. that give that almost um sour uh wild smell spice to it yeah yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. and it, it kind of lends itself to that it's clearly not a traditional style golden lager or a pilsner, mm -hmm. which is something that we'll talk about here in a minute. But um, <laughs> do you want to tell the story of why we're drinking this? Oh, yeah, because uh, I, I was given a gift pack. All right, won a gift pack, and uh, it was in June, and uh, left it in the uh, office. And then when I started to unwrap it uh, two weeks ago, I was like, man, everything has like, got um, – like brown on it well what couple of the cans have started already bust open so i had i started with uh seven cans six cans mm -hmm. and ended up the one blue and when i handed you the can you could not even tell it was where it, was, it blew out yeah it was clean and it was empty yeah it wasn't a <laughs> pinhole in it anything yeah but and, clearly uh, and as a matter of fact you said well i don't understand what happened there's there's no mess Anywhere, right. and then you started to dig stuff out of the basket, and there was three books in there. <laughs> yeah, and the books soaked it all up. Yeah, 
So you know what a book looks like when you drop it in your backpack, like on your way to school. I do. Yeah. Did you Did you drop your books on your way to school? Uh, Were you running for some from something or running to something? <laughs> Depended on the day. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, your your mother would have made sure that you weren't going to be late. That's but, right. But that being said, that's what it looked like. It the books just soaked it all up. Yeah. Like and, the, like an accordion. Yeah. Yeah. So now you have to like put other books on top of them in order to be able to get them back to their normal there's actually a process a, a restoration process for books you think so there is so uh, because there's you know oftentimes um uh, if you paid very little for them is it worth the no, restoration process no but but you know if you had if it was a special book a bible or something a family right. bible uh, and it got wet you can they actually i believe they they immerse it in water yeah Get everything straight again, right? And then they f- freeze dry it, okay. And that that sucks all the water out and gets rid of the warped pages and everything. I believe it. Yeah. So, what do you think of this? Um, it is besides <laughs> the heat. I don't usually say this, but it is definitely a one beer, yeah, event. You could not do two of these in an evening. Yeah. And is it an IPA? No. 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 Um, it has a lot of those similar characteristics mm-hmm. in the fact that it's very full. It's very, I mean, this is not a um, thin beer at all. Uh, and it, it it does not allow for you to uh, uh, mow a lawn and then crank this thing up. Yeah, so this is a, tw- it's a 24 IBU, which it, um, is really low on the hop scale. Mm-hmm. An IPA it's closer, would be but it's 50s, closer where a, a hazy would be. Okay. In, in the uh, IBUs. And, and, and it's got orange peel, orange blossom honey, and coriander seed. So that spiciness is mm-hmm. the coriander. Coriander, seed. yeah. But, uh, I, you know, I go back and forth on Belgians. Yeah, me too. Uh, that that coriander, I think, is a little mm-hmm. maybe off-putting to me. I agree, um, but a, but I, I enjoy it. I mean, I could definitely have one and be done. Yeah, as a people, I love them. Considering I'm from our family's from there, <laughs> right. but the beer sometimes I could do without. All right, so here's a question. Okay, uh-huh. Miller High Life. Yeah. You know what Miller High Life is? I do. Okay. I do. do you have any of them in your refrigerator? No, not now. I okay. did in college. Okay. <laughs> so you haven't really been drinking them since college? Correct. Okay. Well, so Miller High Life, Mark, you know this. Miller High Life has made a push to uh, 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 change who they are and why they are. And it started back in 2018, 2019. Remember, you were talking about like the ornaments and they were filled with beer. And then mm-hmm. there was a huge champagne bottle mm-hmm. and you could put it on your huge champagne bottle. And then you would put it on your dinner table and you would pop it. It's the champagne of beer. And it would be beer in, mm-hmm. inside of it, right? And now they have um, lights for your tree and they're little mini champagne bottles with the LED in it. And it looks like little mini bottles. Yeah. So here's the question. Where did the name Champagne of Beer come from? Um, I actually I know you know it. You used to know this. He, but he, now he, I can't so I, if you go back like twelve shows, he asked it. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. I yeah. used to yeah, know this. This is what happens when you when you oh. when you put the stuff in front of you and then you ask and you try to ask smart and then someone asks it back and you're like, oh man, I know this. Yeah, because you told me. <laughs> well, I yeah. don't know, and I am in, interested in that. Okay, all right. Because I've always wondered. Got to take a guess. Got to take a guess. Got to take a guess. 
Uh, earlier you said we don't want to keep a segment too long, so, right. guess, so tell me what it is. Uh, does it have anything to do with its appearance in a glass? No. So that's so that's your guess. What's yours? See who's closer. Ooh, that's tough. I don't have an answer um, right off the top. Then of you're my closer head. than he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my answer was wrong. Yeah. The champagne of beers. Yeah. So when Miller Lite first came on the scene. New Year's Eve of 1903 was the first time that the lager was introduced. Later that year, it put the beer into a bottle, which was very, very, very uncommon. So typically, beer at that point in time in 1903 could only be bought in taverns where it was consumed. Those and when you say bottle, just to clarify, it was the 12-ounce bottle. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. At that time, people were putting it into wooden or metal pails. Yeah. Similar to growlers today. And people could take that home. Because it was refrigeration. There was not a lot of refrigeration, right? So the introduction of a beer bottle, particularly in a clear glass to display the clarity, was something that was very, very uncommon. The long neck bottles themselves were even designed with champagne bottles in mind, based off of the introduction at New Year's Eve mm-hmm. in 1903. Mm-hmm. The final touch for marketing was, in fact, the stylish gold foil added to the neck. That whole concept of a premium beer brand stood until the 1970s when... Miller High Life was rebranded from a luxury product after it was bought by Philip Morris in 1969. I did not know. Mm, I didn't know that. They bought that. Hmm. What year were you born? 70. Just before you were born. Yeah. By 1970, the beer rebranded itself as a working man's drink thanks to the advertising agency's theme of Miller time. And it was born. That ad campaign, it's Miller yeah. time, has been in effect since then. Yeah. And looking back on it, I mean, certainly there's no way they could have seen the craft beer revolution that took place in the last 10 years. Yeah. Um, there is no way that beer would have remained a premium beer in the current environment. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. All right. That sounds like some future trivia questions at Longway Brewing. It could be. It could be. There, yeah. Those trivia questions could be anywhere. The next person who's having one, just ask that guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You ready? So we're going to go into... Ball over beer. All right. So we got a three-minute segment here. You like sports. I love sports. All right. What kind of sport do you like the most? Football. Deal. All right. So what sport, major sport in the United States does not allow alcohol in its locker room? Is it baseball, basketball, football, soccer, hockey? What major U.S. sport does not allow alcohol in the locker room? I'm going to let Seth answer this first. Mm. (laughs) I have an idea, though. And it's simply because I've never seen it in the locker room. Okay. I'll say soccer. Anyone you can guess first. I'll, I'll guess I'm gonna soccer. I'm going to say basketball. It is football. Interesting. Football does it is illegal. Your team will be fined. You may not allow it mm. to be in there. Since, okay. since when? Because the Joe Namath days, he was drinking beer, smoking cigs. And... That doesn't mean that there wasn't a penalty involved. <laughs> That's right. Right? So there's a fine for doing that. Got it? 
Okay, so this is a really, really, really interesting question. This is a question. I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to give you um, all of the NFL teams at your disposal. And you can guess which one of those teams, their fan base, their fan base, if they are a Democrat-leaning fan base mm-hmm. or if they're a Republican-leaning fan base. Okay. Okay? So I'll ask you a question, and then I'll ask you a question, and you'll go until you see who's wrong. Right. This is the only drill. So, Mark, I'm going to give you a fairly easy one, hopefully. <laughs> the San Francisco 49ers. Democrat-leaning Democrat or Republican? Democrat. That is correct. Mm-hmm. And it is the most Democrat-leaning Team. And I'm going to give you an easy one. Okay. That Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Republican-leaning or Democrat-leaning? That's going for the GOP. That's Republican, which mm-hmm. makes sense. As far south, it's in Florida. Yeah. Okay? So you guys understand the drill? Mm-hmm. Okay. Here you go. Mark, the Tennessee Titans, Republican or Democrat? It's a little bit tougher. Uh, I'm going to say Democrat. It is Republican by one. <laughs> Okay? Yeah. Now, you've got to steal this. Okay. Okay. Uh, Indianapolis Colts. Democrat or Republican? Mm, I feel like this one's close, too. I'm going to go Democrat. It is Democrat by five. Okay, so he's got one point. Okay? It's first to two. All right. All right. Chicago Bears, Mark. Uh, It's got to be Democrat. Great. I gave you an easy one. You're very welcome. (laughs) You're very welcome. Here's one. Okay. Buffalo Bills. Upstate New York. Let's go Republican. It is Republican by two. Okay. Um, okay. Mark, Carolina Panthers. Oh, Democrat. It is Democrat by one. Mm. Green Bay Packers. Let's go Republican. It is Democrat by nine. Oh, wow. Mm. Oh, so you guys got one more question. All right. You ready? Uh, <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. That's my team. Can I answer? Yes. I'm going to go Republican. Republican? How about you? You can say the same thing you want. I would say Republican. Okay. Yeah. So you, it is correct. It is Republican. Okay. How about this? Arizona Cardinals. Ooh. Ooh. Now, you can see you can see how the larger landscape of politics. They're still counting the votes for this. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. So i got to say, based on the location of the stadium, it's probably Democrat. I'm going to steal his answer. I'm going to go Democrat. It is Democrat by 0. 0.7. Wow. Which is roughly what... She just lost. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's ironic. Oh man, we're going to go a little bit longer than this, but this is—I think everyone will like this. How about Cincinnati? Uh, I, see how you can go down Ohio, and you're like, oof, yeah, right? yeah. major city. <sighs> it's just simply because of the the grit of the is town. It, so is this a tough one? Uh, yeah, it is. Can I tell I, you? It's because it's even. Is it? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, and that's something. Makes sense. So you'll both tie. So here's what I'll tell you. There's only one, two, three, four, five, six fan bases that lean Republican. Yep. Uh, Football, pro football, the average fan is 7% more Democrat than Republican. Would you believe that? I do believe that, and and that is why you see the, the policies that you see. I mean, that's why uh, they make the political statements that they make. Yeah, that's why the interesting, right? Th- yeah, that's why the uh, the owners allow the political statements. Correct. Do you yeah. attribute that to this? Maybe the teams or the stadiums being in bigger cities. That's the other thing. Yeah. It's the, the the cities in which they're located. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like Denver is 
uh, one of the uh, so in order of most lean uh, Democrat. It's San Francisco, it's 22, and then everything else is still double digits, like over uh, 10. Detroit, New York Giants, Baltimore, Seattle, New York Jets, Philadelphia, New Orleans, Chicago, L.A. Chargers, uh, and then Oakland. All of those are 10 to 22% lean. Huge, huge leans. And what about so, the commanders? Where did the commanders land yeah, on the that? commanders are in the nation's capital. Uh, uh, plus seven. Who's They're that? just slightly above the average, what's believe the, it or not. What's the most Right-leaning team, Tampa Bay, the one I gave him the easy layup on. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's the only Republican ones are uh, from the most to to the least is Tampa Bay, Houston, Dallas, Jacksonville, Buffalo, and Tennessee. That's it. Wow, wow. That's it. Cool. And Tennessee won't be that way long. I don't have no idea. Yeah, I don't think it will. Okay. All right. So with that being said, when we come back, we're going to bring in our guest formally. And uh, he's had a big last month. <laughs> yeah, so everybody yeah. stick with us. You're listening to AM Hodgepodge. Down the road and back again. 